From TomDispatch.com, this is TomCast. Interviews and insight from Tom Dispatch contributors for anyone seeking a deeper understanding of their post-9-11 world and a clear sense of how their global imperial system actually works. I'm Timothy McBain. Recently, I had the pleasure of speaking again with Michael Clare, a professor of peace and world security studies at Hampshire College, a Tom Dispatch regular, and author most recently of The Race for What's Left, The Global Scramble for the World's Last Resources. Michael and I talked about how diminishing energy resources are on the brink of igniting conflict around the world. Many of the conflicts that you mentioned in your article stem from claims over offshore territory. Who has the power to make the final decision regarding who has sovereign control over these disputed areas? Nobody has that power under existing international law. There is a body of the U.N., that is able to examine claims and to authenticate their reliability, but doesn't have the power to make a decision when there's a conflict or to do anything to enforce that. So this is really new territory, and it's very uncertain what the outcome will be. So given this, basically, if if conflicts really do start to flare up, it's pretty much the only thing that's going to happen is uh, military conflict. Well, it's either military conflict or the countries in question could come to some kind of resolution between them. Now, China and Japan, for example, have had meetings over their dispute in the East China Sea, but nothing has come of that. Likewise, there have been meetings in the South China Sea between China and the other countries involved in that dispute. But that hasn't led to any agreement either. In the case of the Falkland Islands, the U.K. refuses to negotiate over Argentina's claims that the Falklands belong to them as Las Malvinas. So in the absence of any negotiations or any court you could go to, it's left to the military to decide these things. And if it does get to that point in any of these areas, um, who do you think would be likely to intervene, and what would it take to motivate them to become involved? In the case of the East China Sea and the South China Sea, the United States would become involved very clearly, and this has been declared as the U.S. response. The United States is bound by treaty to Japan if it comes under attack in the high seas, So if China were to attack Japanese vessels, the U.S. would become involved by its treaty with Japan. Likewise, in the South China Sea, the U.S. has a defense treaty with the Philippines. And if the Philippines came under attack, the U.S. would be bound by treaty to come to the Philippines' defense. And in fact, recently, the Obama administration has reiterated its intention to support the Philippines in such an eventuality. And the U.S. is building up its naval capabilities in the South China Sea for this purpose. And what about other areas of conflict? In the case of the Falklands, it's unclear what would happen. There was a war already between Britain and the Falklands in 1982, which resulted in a military victory by the UK. The islands had been occupied by Argentinian troops, and they were forced to withdraw as a result of that war. But there was no political outcome, and the the dispute remains 
unresolved. And then there's always the unresolved question of Iran. This has been brewing for a very long time, of course, but now it seems to be back on the front burner because the Iranians have threatened to cut off the Strait of Hormuz as a response to threatened or forthcoming EU sanctions. Alternatively, if the U.S. or Israel strikes Iranian nuclear facilities, which still remains a possibility this year, uh, the, the Iranians will also close the Strait of Hormuz. So there has been a recent buildup of U.S. forces in the region out of the U.S. intent to keep the Strait open. Uh, so this long an area of conflict remains to this day a very important area of possible conflict. And what about the nationalization of YPF in Argentina? Are there fears that this will start a trend and other oil-producing countries will start seizing foreign-owned businesses? Now, of course, there have been nationalizations before throughout the modern history of the oil business. This is not new. But in recent years, the trend has gone in the other direction towards the privatization of oil companies. So the nationalization of YPF by the Argentinian government was quite striking as a reversal of recent trends. And that does suggest a movement back towards nationalization or what some people call resource nationalism. And yes, I do think we're going to see more of that as the value of oil and natural gas reserves grows economically because of the growing scarcity of reserves and, and their growing economic value. Over the years in Latin America, uh, nationalization of, of any business uh, is typically sparks military intervention. Is that something you see happening? Depends where and when and what the circumstances are. Uh, hard to be uh, to predict any particular outcomes. I don't think we'll see military conflict with Argentina, but certainly Spain and the EU have announced economic sanctions against Argentina, so we don't know where that will lead. And I don't know what future uh, scenarios we might see, but I do think that future conflict over contested oil and gas resources is likely. To read Michael Clare's latest article, The Energy Wars Heat Up, Six Recent Clashes and Conflicts on a Planet Heading into Energy Overdrive, please visit TomDispatch.com. You can also find Michael's latest book, The Race for What's Left, at Amazon.com or at any quality bookstore near you. I'm Timothy McBain, and until we meet again, thanks for listening.